In this episode, I am going to be exploring the concept of trust, defining what it is or what it could be, and also establishing the characteristics or components of trust and what drives our perception of trust. So if that's something you are into, stay tuned for the rest of the episode. Disclaimer. Everything that you're about to hear are the thoughts of one guy, Daniel Briggs Adisa, the host of the Water Times with Daniel podcast. He is simply just a young man gifted by God with a brain and who likes to think for himself. So what you're about to hear are the opinions of Daniel and sometimes some other people. Sometimes these things are well read. Sometimes these things are just pure opinion. Whichever one comes your way, enjoy it. But know that this is not a professional platform. Daniel is not a professional. So take everything he says with a grain of salt, right? And we'll all be fine. Thank you. Hello everybody, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good whatever time of the day you're listening to this and welcome to another episode of the Water Times with Daniel podcast. How are you guys doing? I hope you guys have been doing well. It's been a good two weeks. I am glad to be back in your ears. If this is the first time you are listening or discovering the podcast, hello, welcome to the fab, welcome to the volatile community. This is a space for those who seek wisdom so that they can be wise and so that they can make sense of the world around them. This is basically a commentary podcast about society and different things around us with I, Adisa Daniel, or like I popularly like to tell people, Daniel Briggs Adisa, I'm your host on this day show. And this episode is actually in one of four or three parts. This episode was actually motivated by a listener, actually. Somebody reached out to me, Peter Saiwo, hey bro, reached out to me about an issue concerning trust. And, you know, um, the question was around, you know, somebody saying they can't trust anyone anymore, you know. And I find that a very, very interesting statement. And, you know, I wanted to dissect that. So we had a conversation around it, but... I felt like I didn't do enough justice or we didn't really get into it in depth as I would like us to. So I was like, you know what, let me just use this medium um, to establish that conversation between both of us and also with you guys. So like I said in the intro, this is basically an introduction into the concept of trust. I am not a philosopher or anything, so don't expect this to be such an exhaustive inward look into trust i'm going to be quoting from various people sometimes you know and most of these things i read somewhere else and also thought of by myself so that i could better understand trust because to me trust is a big deal and i like to establish trust i like to know if i can trust somebody and what are the parameters that motivate or should i say ground that trust what are the factors by which the trust is established in the first place i like to understand all of that and i think it's a pursuit that all of us should actually want or should participate in so without further ado let's get into today's episode shall we
So, trust. What exactly is trust? How do you define trust? What exactly do you mean by trust? What are the things that surround trust? Let's get into some definitions. So, when I was thinking about trust, you know, and I've always kind of somehow thought of that, you know, I know what trust is now. Like, I've experienced trust. I have trust in people. I have trust in myself for some things. People trust me. So, like, I've experienced trust. But then I found it difficult to define trust in a sense, or rather to explain what I mean by trust. So, which took me down the spiral of thoughts. Uh, one dictionary definition of trust is confidence in or reliance on some person or quality. By that definition, we can infer that to trust means you have confidence in someone or something, or you rely or you, you have a sense of reliance in that person or in the quality being offered or even maybe both you have both the confidence and inspired by that, by that confidence a reliance on the person or the quality but then another definition of trust that i encountered on the internet um, is this one it says trust is a willingness to be vulnerable you choose to take risk and be vulnerable to the other party that is what it means to trust. So the dictionary definition, confidence or reliance, right? But according to this guy, James Davis, what it means to trust is a willingness to be vulnerable, to choose to take risk and be vulnerable to some other party. That other party is living or non-living, whether it's a concept, whether it's metaphysics, whatever it is. You are choosing to be vulnerable and at first for me it seemed like as if there was a little bit of contradiction between these two um, definitions but then i landed on the table of two things can be true at the same time or even more so they can be related in a sense because when you have confidence in someone or you have confidence in something in a sense you are relying on that thing or you can come to rely on it in some way. Now, reliance doesn't necessarily have to mean total dependence on, but you know, some form of dependence. Now, just suppose that with how sure are you of your confidence in that thing? How sure are you of the characteristics of the quality of the things that you've seen or witnessed with the person or that thing? How confident are you in them, confident enough to trust them, right? And you realize that there is never a full assurance of trust. There is never really that 100% thing where nothing can ever be subjected to doubt, right? It doesn't exist with somebody else. So in other words, it is in a sense true that you are choosing to be vulnerable because you see a bunch of people, you meet them, you get to know them, maybe you get to know them and a bunch of other things. And so you intermingle all those kind of stuff. You never truly see every aspect of a person's being and you never truly explore every aspect of a product right so you choose to be vulnerable take for instance terms and conditions you know all those terms and conditions stuff i doubt anybody really reads most of them for some applications some website their terms and conditions are hella long pages upon pages upon pages of something which i think that those people genuinely made that way just to make sure we just get <laughs> tired and <laughs> sign right most of the time we just agree to the terms and conditions without ever checking them out 
we are choosing to trust in the company we are choosing to trust in the entity offering those terms and conditions even though we know them not or understand them not we are willing to trust in them which means we are willing to take a risk we are willing to be vulnerable to the other party and i think right there you see how the definition of james davis actually gives us a much more broader lens to look at trust with at least for me that's what it did According to Francis Free, Francis, 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 Frances, I don't know, Francis or Francis, who knows? According to Francis Free, there are three major components of trust. The first is authenticity. And authenticity can actually be hard to define or establish in a sense because I think most people tend to want to define authenticity as originality, kind of like originality in a sense of uniqueness, like it's the first of its kind, there's nothing else like it, that kind of sense. But in the end, I think we almost, with our actions and with how we tend to relate with the concept of authenticity, I think we more are better off defining authenticity as genuineness right so i think when we are talking about somebody being authentic or uh, something being authentic we are talking about it being genuine in the value or principles that we observed with the thing or with the person so uh take for example most people tend to think personalities are you know very unique and <laughs> unreplicable in other people but actually you see a bunch of people have the same kind of temperament as you behave the same kind of way have the same set of beliefs even wow shocker and you know so authenticity in that kind of sense cannot mean originality like in the sense of uniqueness first of its kind that kind of sense but it will mean genuineness how genuine are these people are these people truly acting like themselves right so if we sense a sense of authenticity a sense of genuineness coming from somebody else or being offered to us by something we are much more inclined to trust the second component of trust that francis notes out is the rigor in logic so it's more like as if you're asking if you can trust what the person says or whether you can trust the logic of what they say whether you can agree to it if you can agree to the logic, you can agree to the thoughts, if you can agree to the words, you know, the things people say basically, like I am currently, if you can agree with what I am saying, if you can agree with the logic flow of the things I have been saying throughout the entirety of the life of this podcast, you are most likely willing to trust my words, right? So, rigor in logic. And then the third one is empathy empathy sensing genuine authenticity in empathy can promote a sense of trust with people uh, now what does that exactly mean empathy is people just like to think of empathy as oh i feel your pain i feel your pain you understand no it's not it's not essentially that empathy is actually embodied more by the quote of 
walk in their shoes put yourself in somebody else's shoe at least that's how i like to think of it right so we want to believe that people are with us for us we want to believe that people have established a relationship with us for us we want to believe that people want to spend time with us people are doing things for us not for their sake not so that they'll feel good about it but because they are truly in it for us right so three components of trust authenticity rigor in logic in other words how trustworthy somebody's logic is and empathy now taking this component of trust together as a single package and then going back to our guy mr davis he now has the theory that we all have a propensity to trust and that that trust is determined or should i say gauged by our perception now if it is gauged by perception perception of what now remember the three components of trust right authenticity rigor in logic and empathy so we are perceiving or should i say we are creating a perception of you or somebody else even of ourselves in some way or something based on how authentic we think that in is in other words the genuineness based on the kind of logic the usefulness in a sense and the empathy the value it offers towards us you understand the value and care basically i think empathy just usually surrounds any discussion of any a sentimental value so now here's one thing to note all these things in a sense are based on context they are based on situation so authenticity is not necessarily the same thing across all boards genuineness is not necessarily the same thing across all boards um logic the trustworthiness of somebody's words or something's promises or statements or anything based on context empathy based on context so none of these things have a hard fast true to them although you can establish basic principles to them now let's go back to our theory from james davis where he says we all have a propensity to trust and that our trust of people is highly governed by our perception now that very perception is driven by three things and he allies them as such number one is ability does the person have the ability to do what they say they do they can more accurately do they look like they can do it all right so i think this we can see it in a little bit of authenticity and rigor in logic so we are trying to establish ability a sense of ability or should i say proof of ability so you have somebody telling you they can do this take for instance you're trying to hire somebody to fix your car right you've never worked with this person before you have no recommendations you have no sense of review nothing so your first time meeting this guy you are going to be having a discussion with him trying to establish that customer worker relationship between both of you and one of the things you're trying to do there is judge the ability to fix your car or maybe you don't have a car maybe it's a phone you know you can't relate it to anything this is the scenario that popped in my head don't come for me so in a sense you are trying to judge the authenticity of their ability of their skills right so their ability and while you are trying to judge that you're going to be asking various questions you are going to be demanding for proof in a sense and when they are making an argument for their ability you are going to be testing the rigor of their logic you are going to be testing how 
acceptable, agreeable, trustable, uh, acceptable. <laughs> How agreeable you are to the logic that they are giving you, right? Then the next thing that drives our perception is benevolence. Benevolence, but I think I would still want to call it empathy in a sense, but let's just go with benevolence since it's not my theory. The major reason why I am kind of rephrasing benevolence as empathy is because when he was describing what we see benevolence as is we are thinking, do they care about me? Will they hurt me or protect me or will they defend me? You know, are they going to do this for my benefit, for my good? Do they care about my good? So see why I was, you know, describing it as empathy in a sense. But yeah, I guess you can't see it as benevolence also. But I think benevolence works more in a top-down kind of structure, like somebody with authority, right? The empathy they have towards people under the authority, or should I say below the authority, we tend to term it as benevolence, right? And the opposite of that, we tend to term it as tyrannical or something along those lines. So we're trying to see whether they care for us, right? Which brings us back to the third component of trust by Francis Frey, that the component of trust is empathy. Then, according to James Davis, another thing that drives our perception of trust is integrity. What are their values? Do they have any values in the first place? Do they live by those values? Can you agree or accept those values right do they mirror your own values is there any common ground is there any difference is there any combativeness between you two's values your worldviews and everything like that integrity and i think yeah you can't measure integrity by that by ascertaining what somebody's values in life are or what their personal values are generally how they see the world and whether they live by those set values you can Technically, I think, or should I say much more succinctly, judge exactly how integrous such a person is. Is integrous even a word? Weird. Just, yeah, just weird. Okay, so apparently we are operating via the laws of threes. <laughs> we familiarize ourselves with the three components of trust. We familiarize ourselves with the three things that drive our perception of trust, even also with a definition of trust, even though we didn't go to <laughs> three different definitions for that one. Thank God. Now let's move on to things that threaten trust, or as Francis Frey would like to put it, some wobbles <laughs> you know um she basically postulates that if any of the three components or any of the three driving forces of trust wobbles then the trust that we've earned the trust that we have towards something or in something the trust that is had towards us is threatened and then she lists those three wobbles the very first one as you would imagine is empathy which she says is the most common one you know we don't believe that 
people are in it for us right we don't believe that people are there because they want to be there for us the reason is because we believe everyone is so self-absorbed and self-distracted in other words everybody is wrapped up in their own personal lives in their own personal gain in what they can get i mean we see this a lot whenever we talk about friendships in our modern day in our society nowadays or how many people online talk about it right don't be friends with people that are not moving you forward if they, and while those things in some context yeah those are good advice and everything but it's like should you only establish relationships or friendships simply because this person can help you get to a better financial status i mean it depends on what you're looking for in life but one might say that you are trying to create an exploitative relationship in the very first place and even though both of you might be driving yourself forward it's still in a sense exploitative because you guys are not creating the relationship based on an interest in each other or based on empathy you're simply there for yourself not for the other person which is a fear people have right that people aren't there people aren't in it for them Frances says, without revealing empathy, everything gets harder. Without the benefit of the doubt for trust, it makes everything harder and we have less time for empathy and the cycle continues. Now, that phrase, the benefit of the doubt for trust, I will come to it in a different episode uh, along the series of trust, but yeah. So, to fix this wobble, to fix this very threat towards our trust, we need to identify where when and to whom we are willing to extend our empathy we are willing to offer our distraction right so in other words where what you know what is the situation what is the location when what time of the day let me just use that as an arbitrary example and to whom what kind of person are you willing to trust i remember the conversation i was having with peter i mentioned something like that many people don't think of trust in the sense of in what context can I trust somebody in what context what level of trust do I want to establish in a, in this context or this situation versus this other situation what kind of person do I want to be trusting in that sense that kind of thing etc 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 she says that tra- doing all this identifying all these things will help us trace to the where the when and to the whom you are likely to extend your empathy now another wobble is the logic wobble and she says this comes in two forms is whether you have bad logic or you have a bad way of communicating your logic now like her i can't help you currently <laughs> with the first one if you simply have bad logic you simply your should i just say your theories or your thoughts or your opinions just don't make sense I am not the person to necessarily help you with that. There are people who can. But if it is the second one, which is that you just have a bad way of communicating your thoughts, you can communicate in two different ways. You can take us on a journey. You can tell a story, you understand, that helps us, uh, should I say, visualize the points that are trying to make and get us to a destination. But she argues that this is ineffective if you are trying to establish trust especially if you are trying to rebuild the trust. So she advises, start with your point. Let the point be known right off the bat and then give supporting evidence for your point. Because 
they haven't learned to trust you yet many of us we like certain creators on the internet and we love their storytelling style right but have you ever considered why you like the storytelling style it's because you probably found something to relate to it you found a sense of empathy and in the things they are saying you found a sense of agreement and also how they are saying it who is saying it you find a sense of originality in a sense like genuineness that they truly mean what they are saying see those uh <laughs> you find those three components of thrust there so you uh, you understand or should i say you better accept their storytelling so they don't necessarily need to get to the point first you trust that there's a point for them to make but for somebody who you have you are just discovering needs to tell you exactly what they are trying to do first and then provide their evidence which is something i'm actually applying with this episode because you notice in the intro i told you exactly what this episode is about and then later in the audio as you're listening if you're listening up to this point i'm telling you why what i said you know the opinions the point i'm trying to make why they are valid so that you can trust in them so yeah that's about it for the second wobble and her solution to the third wobble which is the authenticity wobble is that when we think someone is being inauthentic we can sense it quickly and because we can sense it quickly we simply tell people be yourself right you can tell when somebody is not being original you can tell when somebody is trying to act like something they are not at least if you're perceptive enough that you're looking at the other person you can tell and when you're able to tell you know you want to tell people be yourself just be yourself right don't care about people be yourself but the thing is it's difficult to be yourself because if you are different in any sense from the people around you it is it is difficult to represent and honor that difference there is that instinctive temptation to want to hide the difference to want to hide yourself in a sense and so that's why we tend to gravitate towards people who are like us, people who think like us, people who laugh like us, etc., etc., etc. Because it is easier to be yourself admits people who are like you or almost like you. So her solution is this. Pay less attention to what you think people want to hear, but more to what your authentic self wants to say. What are your principles? What are your values? What do you value about yourself? What do you value about other people? How do you want to be treated? How do you want to be loved? How do you want to be spoken to? How do you want to speak to people? These are all things, guidelines of your character in a sense, right? And so all these things encompass your authentic, genuine self. And whenever you are not adhering to this, to your self-principles, whenever you are not adhering to your self-evaluation of yourself, you are being non-genuine i don't know the english to use there i've been i thought about it for a whole two minutes (laughs) you're not being genuine in a sense right and that lack of genuity that lack of originality in your personality irks people it kind of like chooks us a little bit so pay less attention to what you think people want to hear and pay more attention to what your authentic self wants to say now again based on your principles and values and everything and everything. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that you are right. 
this doesn't necessarily mean that you are more correct more moral or anything but it simply just means that you are being genuine to who you are currently again this is not to establish any form of authority moralness um anything like that this is simply just to establish your genuine self so that you can better establish grounds for trust francis Frey says it is easier to fit in to represent your difference comes with a responsibility to respect and honor that difference and so you see the best way to fix or should i say solve the authenticity problem the genuineness problem is simply to be genuine genuine to what exactly genuine to people's perception of you no not really genuine to your own principles your your belief your values all the things that hold you together in a sense Okay, so far we've kind of established an understanding of trust. We've established what it means that ultimately it is about vulnerability and choosing to be vulnerable. We will establish the three components of trust given to us by Francis Frey as authenticity, rigor in logic, and empathy. And James Davis simply coming in to buttress the point, or should I say, part of the component of trust says our sense of trust is guided by perception perception driven by three things ability our judgment of the person or the things ability their benevolence or empathy their care for us and also their integrity the values their spouse and how well they meet up to it so sometimes you buy a product you know and it's a product that has promised you the world 6000 milliampere's battery 3.5 clock speed etc 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 i don't know what i'm talking about but you get the point and then you end up buying the progress and it offers you none of that like you feel disappointed you feel betrayed why because you trusted you took the risk to be vulnerable and that risk was trampled upon so yeah in conclusion to trust somebody is to willingly be vulnerable to them is we is to willingly allow for there to be a chance of a backstab allow for there to be a chance of hurt that is all i have for this episode in the coming episode we'll be going more in depth slightly more in depth trying to expand on the concept of trust established in this episode uh, we'll most likely be talking about how you can help people earn your own trust and how you yourself can earn trust but for now i'm going to leave you guys with this episode Thank you for listening so far. I really do appreciate it. Again, thank you very much to Peter Taiwo for being the inspiration for this episode and the next coming ones as I talk about trust and try to just establish a basic understanding of it. You can always reach out to me. Um, I'm active on Twitter at Daniel Briggs. My email is there, Odan Briggs. Uh, Instagram is there. You know, everything is there basically if you have my personal number i think some of you do uh i'm still debating leaving out my personal number on the internet because i just like my peace if you know help my peace something 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 for me please <laughs> oh yeah that's me but anyway yeah i would love to hear what you guys want me to talk about whether somebody asks you a question and you just want 
an overthinker's opinion on it or a school teacher's opinion on it yeah that's that's me that's me anyway thank you guys for listening so far hope you enjoyed it i want to say glad you enjoyed it but i think that's just arrogant so i'll just say hope you enjoyed it and i can't wait to see you in the next episode bye bye